0: Welcome back, my loves. Oh, I have such a special guest for you, Melanie Weinberger. I'm so grateful that you're here. Soon to be Melanie Wild with a new baby boy.
1: <sighs> oh, wow. That's the first time that's on air. I love hearing it. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. So you are the co-founder of MindLight. It's an emotional training company. You've supported thousands of people in having the capacity to choose how they feel. Mm -hmm. That is huge. Mm -hmm. And we are going to talk about liberation of the human spirit. What
1: a blessing. Yes. Wow. Before we get there, what led you to this work? Intuition. And fun.
0: Wow. You do some really deep, powerful work. I've I've watched one of your trainings, and it's really important to you when you coach facilitators, right, on how to become really powerful coaches, that they do the work themselves, and they do the healing themselves. And that's part of the, it seems like, the, the practice throughout your course is, like, doing the work on yourself first. Why is that so important to you?
1: There are a few things here. Have you ever sat across from a practitioner for a session and you can feel that they're floating or like they're not really with you or they're skating over the truth, not really hitting the deep, not really hitting the body? I think that's because they haven't actually felt the incredible transformation they're trying to offer themselves. And so there's a lack of embodiment, a lack of what we call at Mind Light knowing in your bones that this works and how it works and what it feels like when it clicks in a place. And there's a different level of facilitation that you can come from when you've experienced it that doesn't require memorization, studying. You, you have known and felt experience. And now you're actually transmitting and holding space for something that you know to be true in every cell in your body. And that's the level of expertise a mind-life practitioner graduates with. And the only way you get there is by experiencing the work in your own body first. Mm. The human experience from an emotional perspective includes both all the, the challenging, we can say negative or uncomfortable emotions, guilt, shame, sadness, apathy, anger, rage. And if those feelings are not integrated, we'll call them trauma. If there are ouchies that aren't healed, we'll call that trauma. But the other end of the spectrum is a little different than healing. We call it human potential, and that's the limitless expansion. The infinite ways I can be and experience myself and how I want to be. And, and on either side, the practitioner learns to play with that allowing or that healing inside themselves.
0: Wow. Really powerful. <laughs> wow, I love the spectrum. From trauma to limitless. Yeah, And so what I'm hearing is to be limitless, you've really got to release the trauma.
1: They go together. They go together. Um, Typically, the faster and harder you run towards a dream you want, the quicker it will light up all of the strings you're tied to in your past that are limiting patterns rooted in something unhealed that needs some loving attention. And then once you can give it loving attention, um, the emotional root, the pain body that's causing the unproductive behavior will resolve and integrate back into a unified, powerful being. And then the behaviors sort of um, dissipate, almost like if you pull the sun out of the solar system... The planets will keep going for a little while, but eventually they'll just kind of float away because there's no gravity.
0: Mm.
1: And then now we've got white space or freedom to actually direct ourselves more powerfully. Um, and so that's kind of how the two work together. And we call that tug between the two creative tension. Mm-hmm. It's actually creating power. And that um, uh, like tug of not having is power. And once we release the that root, that pain body, you can experience explosive growth into who I'm excited to become because the the root is gone. The root of not having is gone.
0: This is a very big question, but how do you release
1: the root? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's many ways. You ask it to ways. go. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, <right? laughs> I'm kidding. Like, please go away. <laughs> um, yeah, how do you release the root of mm-hmm. trauma? Um, so we brought this up earlier. We were just jamming a little bit before we... Um, turn the recording on, but there's a tried and true formula to releasing trauma or the, the root of a pain body. And we'll make this an easy example, and let's just say that <laughs> it's going to be a wild example. I want to be a race car driver, but I'm terrified of being in a fast car because I was in a car accident when I was seven. Okay. So the big dream, want to be a race car driver, or I have an opportunity to drive a fast car around a track, but I'm scared to get in it. Right. So that incident that occurred when we were seven, uh, that is unhealed, the way that we uprooted or heal the root is by giving it direct loving attention. And there's a three-part formula that any modality that works is using, and modalities that take a really long time to work, or maybe never work, are missing one of these pieces. Okay. Uh, the first piece is actually being in touch with the pain of that moment, or sometimes it's a set of moments. Right. Uh, like if we grew up with mom being a crazy road rage driver, then I, I might have a whole childhood of moments to look at for why I'm scared to get in that fast car. In the, in the example of a car accident, it's one acute moment I need to look at. Right. So we actually need to feel the feeling of discomfort and be in touch with it to be able to heal it or address it. Interesting. The okay. connection to it is what creates the power to heal it. Um, this is where most of the challenge lies and why a lot of people remain unhealed is because feeling hard feelings is really hard. I don't, don't want to feel it. Right. And so I don't want to look at it. I wall it away. We call that a coping strategy. And coping strategies are wonderful. They let us drive to school and not be scared or drive to work and not be scared in this example. But if we want to heal it, then we have to actually feel it. It doesn't mean it has to be overwhelming, re-traumatizing, re-experiencing a skilled practitioner and, and what we train, what most of the training on the trauma side of things that Mind Light is about is what we call managing pace, which is essentially titrating the amount of pain we're asking the body to metabolize at a time so that it's gentle uh, and slow. And we say, um, slow is gentle and gentle is fast. Doesn't have to hurt a crazy amount and be really scary to heal. So being in touch with the pain skillfully and on purpose. The second component is meeting that pain with loving attention, or we can say compassion. What I'm personally looking for as a practitioner in this part of the formula is being able to bring a feeling of well-being in your body while you're in touch with the pain. And so this could be this could be thinking of your dog and you think of your dog and you get warm fuzzies. It's basically communicating to your nervous system, I can think of this content and feel good. It's telling the body, I can be in touch with this content and not die. The world is actually safe. It's kind of recontextualizing it um, and rewiring the nervous system and the hormones. Um, The third component to uh, resolving the root of a negative pattern or resolving a trauma is addressing the fact that trauma lives in the body. We're experiencing this pain in the body. It's stored in the body. We're accessing it through the mind. You could think about the mind like a computer. And I'm going to double click on the car accident file and open it up on purpose. It's going to come into my body. I'm going to feel the pain. Meeting with loving attention and then help the body re-regulate. So ways you can do that. And you can self-apply or you can work with a practitioner. Um, We teach EFT at Mind Light or people call it tapping. Emotional freedom technique. It's like... Tapping on acupressure points on your body, and it—it's almost like you could think about like resetting the breakers on a house when the—the the circuit gets overwhelmed, telling the body it's safe. You can shake, you can rock, you can be on a run while you're while you're doing this work in your mind. Um, you can yawn, sweat. You might get really hungry. There are a lot of different ways bodies like to express when they're metabolizing and letting the energy move through.
0: But there's movement is what I'm hearing. There's physical movement. Correct. Yeah.
1: That's often the component missing in talk therapy. And so I tell, I I love people coming at something they want to heal or expand into from every angle. Like try everything. Go to yoga, meditate, come see me. If you have a therapist you love, that's great. If your therapist isn't guiding you to feel while you're talking, guide yourself to feel. Feel the feelings you have about what you're saying, and it'll actually help the therapy work.
0: Feel them in your body. What feel is them the in your body. Sensations in the body. Correct. And that's important to help move that energy?
1: Yeah, if you don't feel it, you're not ever moving it. You're just thinking about it a lot. But if we have an emotional problem, it doesn't need an intelligence solution. It's actually solving math with food or something. Right. <laughs> if you're having an emotional problem, we need to solve it with an emotional solution. Yeah.
0: It's interesting to me because, yeah, psychologically, rationally, I, I think this way and I believe a certain way, but then there's a subconscious implanting, right, of, of limitations that likely live. What you're saying is they, that limitation is stored in some energetic comp- capacity in my body. Correct. And that, that gets triggered. So the, the healing requires the physical healing as well.
1: Yeah. You could think of it like triggering yourself on purpose. Uh Like if you're trying to make money, trying to make money, trying to make money, no matter what you try, you're still not, it's still not happening and you need it. It's time to look. Then you're being invited to look at why, but you can, you don't have to heal everything. You know, some people go on these healing rampages and stay in healing their trauma for a decade and I think it's important to take some breaks and have some fun, you know, look up. Like if it's not actually getting in your way, you don't have to look at it right now. We could heal our trauma forever and ever and ever and ever and <sighs> ever. And by the way, trauma doesn't have to mean, so I gave the car accident um, example. It doesn't have to mean an a acute, scary incident. It doesn't have to mean violence. It doesn't have to mean rape or or anything like that. It could just mean a scary thing that happened that I'm still afraid of. Yeah. Or it could. it could mean... Uh, <laughs> I think of money and f- feel scared. It's a, it's, it's, I, I think of trauma as if you think of a piece of content and pain comes in your body, let's call that a trauma. There's something unresolved around that piece of content that deserves love and attention. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's mom left me in the grocery store by accident when I was three or someone looked at me funny and it scared me. Anything that brings a survival response into you can be uh, trauma. This is really interesting
0: that you're saying this because um, I, I'm going to use myself as an example. My my mother doesn't think my mother gave me a really fantastic childhood. She did her absolute best to make sure that I had a very different experience than she had. She got actually physically beaten with a belt by mm. her brothers, you know, like and was abandoned and sent to boarding school at a very young age, and just like she had like what you would consider like capital T traumas, right? Whereas she looks at my childhood and she's like, I wish I had your child." Like, what are you complaining about? <laughs> right? Totally. But um, I, my trauma was uh, absorbing her pain. So every time she'd have an outburst and get mad at a clerk or mad at me for something or just mad in general because just she had a lot of pain in her body, um, I would absorb it there was no father there was no siblings i just i kind of absorbed her energy and i didn't know when it was going to come i did like i was always hyper became hyper vigilant right because i didn't know when my mom was going to have a little like attack <laughs> of yeah. anger a little fit of rage and so uh, what's fascinating to me you said a few things that were really interesting is that the the coping mechanism my mother has no recollection of us ever even fighting which blows my mind. I mean, neighbors used to come over and knock on the door and be like, are you guys okay? Because it sounds like you're about to kill each other. Like we'd be screaming that loud. She has no recollection. None. What are you talking about? I had a perfect childhood.
1: Wow. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And, and part of me feels like part of me gets mad at that because there's no acknowledgement of any, anything, any challenge that she put me through and then another part of me almost almost just wants her to live in fairy tale land and like think of herself as the most perfect mother. Like I, I want to give her that gift, right? <laughs> yeah. You also speak to, spoke very importantly to the the point of like how much pain can someone tolerate, and as a facilitator, you're guiding the person back into their trauma, and how you do that gently is really important because I burst open the can of worms the last time my mom was here and she couldn't handle it. Aww. Yeah. Yeah So you. I'm clearly not a trained facilitator <laughs> <laughs> trauma. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. You have a lot of life to live.
1: Yeah, there's a few things I want to say there. So yeah. the first thing is I don't think that the distinction of capital T and lowercase T is helpful. Okay, good. Because it, it just in your personal example It's harmful to you if I say, well, that's lowercase t, so... Because you're experiencing the same amount of pain in your body. And the actual semantics of the event that caused it is not what matters. From a practitioner perspective, what matters is that you're experiencing pain. How it got there, how severe I'm going to name it to be, has nothing to do with your felt experience.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So... Uh, for everyone out there listening. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> capital T, lowercase t. doesn't matter. If you're feeling pain, that's real and that's what we're going to be addressing. Yeah. Um, thank you. Yeah, totally. The other thing uh, is, I'm so sorry that happened mm. to you. Um, and <sighs> <sighs> I'll share from my personal experience a, a, a very similar story. One of my parents had the capacity to go into, uh, rages as well and had a huge impact on me. I would be absolutely terrified. And this is the bulk of my childhood trauma that I've spent healing is living in the house I grew up in with that sort of fear of this person. I, at age 29, uh, I did landmark form? if you're familiar mm, with landmark, excellent. and yeah. made the one phone call to the person uh-huh. to take uh, responsibility for the relationship. <laughs> um, and I called this parent and said, uh, you know, I've been avoiding you since basically I'm three years old, and now I'm 29, and I'd, I'd like to have a relationship with you. And the parent had really no idea what I was talking about. Yeah. And what it kind of shocked me yeah. and I realized this is just 100% my experience. Oh. This parent just didn't have the same experience at all. Completely different set of context, completely different narrative, completely wow. different background. And there's nothing I'm going to get from that side of the equation because it's just not there. And I got, It was, it was shocking. And then I realized healing myself is a hundred percent my responsibility. And then I did. And, uh, I focused on it on and off for a few years. I pulled so much venom out of my body. And now when I think about this parent, honestly, pure love comes in. I don't need an apology. I don't, I don't need anything. And I think to myself, I actually have visions of like offering healing And being curious, like I know similarly crazy things happened in that childhood house that taught, uh, the parent about those behaviors, their learned behaviors. And so to anyone listening and to you, I want to offer, you can do it all by yourself. (laughs) You can do it all by yourself. And I know the idea of the acknowledgement sounds really nice. Um, and it's not actually needed. Yeah. If it comes, that's beautiful. But it's not actually needed.
0: Yeah. To, for
1: you to, to think about childhood and feel sweet.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, I've done as much, uh, I've done as, uh, so much work on my body. I've poured pain out of my heart. Uh, so I feel at peace and at ease and mm. and the most uh, loving, self loving I've ever felt in my whole life. Awesome. Yeah, which is huge. What I am noticing though, that my body in her presence still does not feel safe.
1: Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't ever go away. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it can go away. It depends how much attention you want to give it and how often you are interfacing with that person. And what I like to say, or a way that I live is I edit my environment. So there are certain people I could do. I could dedicate the next eight years of my life to making sure I don't feel triggered, or just <laughs> hang out with you every now and then for a short amount of time,
0: right?
1: And know that that's I'm going to get triggered in your presence. I'm going to give it an hour and a half, and I'm going to take care of myself. Um, so, kind of like I said earlier, like the healing can go on and, on and on and on and on and on. And then also we can moderate and edit our environment so that we feel safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that 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 has become my latest lesson is just to create the boundaries of like I have a limited amount of space and time and capacity for her, and then but that oh that that opens up the other can kind of like no matter what I'm doing, it's not good enough like, sensation oh. that I experience with her. Oh. Um, yeah, so that's been a fun one because that of course then applies to so many other areas of my life. Like no matter what I do in business, it's not going to be good enough. Mm. Like I'm not posting enough or I'm not sharing enough value you know that, that yeah
1: totally so something coming up for me as you say that is that um, not so so a, a phrase that we talked about earlier is liberation of the human spirit yeah and when we talk about trauma work and people who are in the healing spaces uh, whether it's their personal journey or their facilitator of it, Sometimes it starts to look like the only path to liberation of self is through deep healing or have to feel the pain and do the ugly cries. And that is actually not the only way. It's not at all the only way. There are so many other tools that create expansion. There is a time and place to heal the deep ouchies. And then there's a time and place to do stuff that's a little more fun and light. And what I'm hearing as you speak about these beliefs is belief work. And there's an incredible technology. It's so, to me, me it seems um, simple. The results are profound. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's called Psych K. And um, uh, we're so grateful to be able to um, bring it into what we teach in Human Potential at MindLight. There's a lot of great modalities that are informing the work that we do. Um, And it's essentially looking at what beliefs am I running on that are making me feel bad or having me have results I don't like? And how can I like really shift them? And this work, it's deeper than a mantra where you're just kind of like putting a Band-Aid statement on, on something and reading it every day and hoping it, it works. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it does eventually work. I mean, I think hypnosis is, is a real thing. And I think that repetition does breed results. Um, But in this scenario, it's, working with the body to discover what beliefs um, can I already get on board with that are much more kind and true than the ones I've been operating on. And it's a practice of slowly trying out new beliefs with the body as the compass to see what the body can give a complete full yes to, letting yourself receive that full yes such that it switches it's like switching the operating system. So um, let's give an example. Okay, I was speaking at Solar Punk. Um, we were both there. Yeah. I don't know how long ago that was, two months ago or something. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't, I actually have done so much public speaking in my life, but I took a hiatus and this was my first time back in a long time. And I was nervous. And I was like, I don't actually want to be nervous. So what was I believing? I was believing. I'm not smart enough. I don't have any actual original thoughts to say. And then when you do this work enough, when you liberate yourself enough, you, you start to get really good at not believing the mind and knowing that you can change any, any orientation happening in the mind and body to be as you wish. Mm. So you don't start, you don't feel trapped. You feel like a, a sniper and you're like, I'm going to explode that and change that. (laughs) Um, and so I sat, I was hiring a practitioner to learn Psyche and I sat with her and um, we shifted it to a few different beliefs that totally landed in my body and completely got me off of the operating system of, I have nothing original to say, I'm not smart enough. And they were very simple. They were, I got this and this one's really silly. Um, I'm a fun inspirer. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's what's in there. I'm a fun inspirer. Great. And I got this and I was like fully embodied. Now it's about having fun. It's about inspiring people. And the talk totally kicked ass. But if I didn't sit down to shift into those beliefs with a technology that is potent, fast, like I like things that really work. You know, I don't want to have to recite a mantra for 45 days. How about now? Is now available? (laughs) I would like it now, you know, like how can we hack the system? So I just want you to know that and, and other people listening that that those kinds of tools also exist. You don't always have to go in the dark closet or open the crystal grid and cry and Uh, that, but, but there is a time and place for that, but there's also other ways to free yourself.
0: Open the crystal grid.
1: I don't know. Sometimes that's something (laughs) I say when I'm talking about woo woo stuff people. Open the crystal grid. That's
0: hilarious. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's definitely woo. I loved it. (laughs) Okay. so, So tell us more juicy, yummy ways to liberate the human spirit.
1: Oh, my gosh. Psyche is my current favorite. That, that belief work is really one of my favorite things. Um, oh, so many tools. One thing that's... This is, like, so boring, actually. It's not that juicy. But it's, it's okay. powerful. Do it. Go <laughs> for it. Um, unconditional beliefs.
0: Okay. What's that?
1: Uh, it, it is... Oh. This is sort of, like, deep search homework where you ask yourself... What is life? What am I? What do I believe about myself? At a really fundamental level, um, and the answers you're looking for are things that are completely unconditional to the circumstances around you, such that no matter what is happening around you, those beliefs hold true. And what they offer you is uh, resilience, really strong resilience. and so what it looks mm-hmm. like to find that is um, the starting place, which is so annoying, is not knowing. That's where you have to start. Okay. What is life? I mean, I don't know. I'm just here. It's like often my clients get upset. It's like a really annoying set of questions, you know? <laughs> like, I don't know what it is. I'm just here, it's energy. Okay, and so if it's energy, what does that mean about you? I don't know. And it's usually, you don't know is the gateway. But once you do know, it occurs like, at the highest existential level, when you find for yourself, and it's personal for everyone, the answer to what is life, it occurs like meeting God. It occurs like knowing something bigger and beyond you that feels like safe and loving and whole. And when you have that, I don't know if you have interfaced with any communities that are... um, I'll say religious or, or worshiping, there is a beautiful deep capacity to heal that those people have because they have something like God or some personal mythology that touches a divine essence like that, that envelopes everything. And so they can do things like give the problem to God Mm. or trust in God. And from an emotional training perspective or an emotional liberation perspective, this liberates you from the biological reaction really quickly. It disengages the mind from the path of worrying to the answer. Because huh. you never actually do worry to the answer. You worry to more worry and chronic inflammation and, <laughs> you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, your, your mind sets the limitations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Is that what's happening technically like uh, versus like God, God can handle anything. So,
1: well, the mind, the, the mind and body have this deal, like they're in on a deal together. <laughs> and the deal is that if the mind is worrying, the body will feel pain so that it keeps the mind hooked on the threat so that we kill the thing that's endangering us so that we, we can feel safe again. And it's just a very old operating system. Wow. So part of the mastery or one of the great skills as you practice your own emotional liberation or emotional mastery is learning how to disengage from those survival emotions when actually it's, it's not someone holding a gun to your head. It's an email that was challenging to read. Um, and when you have a set of unconditional beliefs that are really big and run really deep in your system, you can disengage a lot quicker and more often and and generally have an idea that the world is safe and I am good and meant to be in it. Mm. Uh, and it, it allows for, uh, I'll call it super resilience. And to anyone listening, if you haven't sat with those, the biggest questions life has to offer, like what is life and what am I, go on some long, quiet walks. When you have time, go on a 10-minute walk and don't know the answer. And mull it around and wonder how it is that you're breathing. And wonder how it is that the air happens to be perfect for your lungs and how did that happen. It's, wonder how there's a tree over there and when you look at it, it makes you smile. And how perfect is that? And how did that happen? And note, when you start noticing those things and sit in the not knowing, some aha will come.
0: Beautiful. It's amazing how nature gives us so many, yeah. so many lessons. This would support with ruminating, I feel. Mm-hmm. It might be a nice kind of cut to the brain is designed sometimes to ruminate right there's an area of the brain in the back that will catch your attention and bring you back and kind of loops you um it's actually uh, so i'm a trained neurofeedback technician and cool. so yeah it's really cool so if someone's a looper and, and kind of has a really tough time like when they get in a fight they kind of relive the fight and they loop loop, loop, oh, loop. Yeah, yeah. so this it's right on the top of the back of the head and it's for, it will come online. It's like, you know, the squirrel effect, like, or if you're driving and you go into, you kind of go elsewhere and all of a sudden someone in front of you breaks really hard, that part of your brain will go, Hey, pay attention. And it it fires. But if it's too hot, we say it's, if it's overactive, then it will fire too often. Squirrel, 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 right? And that's the looping you end up in this like constant fight in your head with whoever you just had a disagreement with for days sometimes, right? Yeah. So I wonder if having access to these um, beliefs that are unconditional and just supporting the brain and refocusing in that direction would help.
1: Absolutely. When that's happening, there are uh, two tools that I would recommend to use and I already named them. One is on purpose, bringing a good feeling into the body. So knowing that you are not that loop, you first have to have the awareness or the first step is the choice of I'm feeling a way I don't want to feel and I know I can feel differently. And that's your access point. From there, you can choose to start taking actions that help alleviate that feeling um, and uh, bringing a good feeling into the body. Okay. So this could be you have a dog or a cat that's all unconditional love and you think of them and you smile. Think of the dog or cat. It will completely shift what your nervous system is doing and it alchemizes that loop. Huge. And you bring it, it's it's um, a, a feeling practice. Literally feeling a feeling on purpose. We call it anchoring mind light. Um, Because you're using the mind, you're anchoring the mind on a certain thought that asks the body for that feeling and then the body will give you the feeling because the mind can't tell the difference between the body can't tell the difference. Whatever the mind is doing, the body thinks is real. Mm. So if the mind's looping on the fight, the body's fighting. Wow. right? And that's why we feel pain. Because it's, ha- it's a, a physical sensation in the tissue. Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: the hormones releasing and um, the fight or flight, etc. And then if we think of the cat, then it, you're actually, the body thinks it's in a completely unconditional loving relationship and it will ooze love. And it's like a solve. It's like neosporin on the cut. And so... Uh, you keep applying this neosporin until you really start to get some relief and, and make sure you're moving your body. This is where maybe you're tapping on your chest or you're tapping on the side of your hand or you're shaking a little bit or you're rocking in your seat, whatever your body needs. And then when you do get to a point of relief, I would end cap it with shifting beliefs. I would do some belief work. What was I believing and what can I believe instead that transcends? This person will never do what I'm asking them to do What's a transcendent belief to that? Maybe it's something like, I'm sovereign in my choices and I'm excited to make choices that are good for me. So now you're completely unhooking yourself from that person. And now it doesn't matter what they do. And that belief's fully in your body. And now you're going to go to the park and have a great day. Hmm. Those two in combo are really good at unhooking. And another thing that's really good at unhooking the loop. I have found there is actually a lot of things I could tell you, but uh, an easy one for anyone listening who is new to this and wants to get started. This is such a boring answer, again, and I apologize, but yeah. but it's a good access point, is meditation. Yeah. And there's a specific kind of meditation uh, technique that I'll tell you about that I learned from an Ayurvedic practitioner named Acharya Shunya. Um, and it's uh, essentially having, uh, what do I want to call it? two observers. Mm. So in meditation, we say, it's okay to have thoughts, just observe the thoughts and don't be the thoughts, right? Mm. And so you sit and you just watch the mind, but you're not the mind. So in this particular meditation practice, you sit, you do your best to clear your mind. Of course, thoughts will come in and you say to yourself, I am not my thoughts. Sensations will come in and you say to yourself, I am not these sensations, but you're observing And so the observing um, gives you a level of disconnection and it will, you'll notice your body sort of slump a little bit and relax. And then the next step is to choose to now observe your observer. And that level of disconnect, you'll notice a real loosening in your body and it completely disengages you from whatever that looping content was gives you some nice deep breathing and now you can make some new choices because that loop you're talking about is really strong. It's a vortex. It's like a trap. Yeah. Um, so meditation can be another way to unhook.
0: I love this. I love this. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's not boring at all.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Meditate and breathe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It sounds so simple and yet it's, it's interesting. It's a, it is simple. It's just a matter of doing it, really. It, uh, that's
1: always what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of these take practice. It's right. not It's not easy to be in total fight or flight and say, I don't want to feel this way. Because it really feels like you have to kill the threat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love the the really important point that you're making about the body we'll be talking to. It was interesting. I, I kind of, again, got in a disagreement with my mother, and we ended up not talking for four days. And we usually talk every day. The entire four days, my mid-back was crunched, and right, my neck, yeah. my shoulder to my neck, just like locked. And the, the moment I finally sent her a message saying, I'm not rejecting you, I'm rejecting your behavior, it released.
1: Hell yeah, that's beautiful. But
0: I was fighting w- with her in my head for those full four
1: days. And your body was fighting my, with you? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Yep, they're a team. <laughs> They're really a team. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's wild. Mm -hmm.
0: Quick question. I'm curious. And and I have a client who's a diabetic, uh, but he is doing a really good job with his diet. We fixed that. He works out really hard, um, but he's now feeling sensations in his feet of neuropathy, which is way premature. He's in his thirties. He shouldn't technically, according to science, should not be feeling... Like real intense pains in his feet. And his, in his and he's now gone into a very dark hole. Mm-hmm. Feels really like alone and scared. Um, anything come to mind to support him?
1: Yeah. Um, I would do a session with him where I had him actually become his feet. Uh, and listen to what is going on in there. What's being, a lot of times pain in the body... Oh man, I could say so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe most, th- many things—not a hundred percent—but many things come with an emotional root, and the body is reacting. And sometimes, a lot of times, it's subconscious, and we don't really know that's what's happening. And as we start to heal ourselves, it'll move around. Um, it'll move around, <laughs> uh, and and it could be that it's migrated there now. Now that's where it's being stored. Um, or that's where it's choosing to manifest, or however you want to say that. So you can do a session with him where maybe have him close his eyes, bring him into a um, a light relaxation. You could say a light trance state somewhere where he's he has more access to his subconscious and his active thinking mind's a little more chill. And then you can invite him to actually become his feet and ask them what's going on. And I bet you a whole lot of unpacking will occur. But I would go directly at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good advice. Yeah. Yeah, it's sending you a message. I do that with my pain. I'm like, all right, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah, what do you want? (laughs) What's the message? (laughs) What are we doing? Sometimes
1: it's really buried. Sometimes I have to sit for 30 minutes to find the actual root thing I'm believing. And when you find it, it feels like being stabbed. It, it's like, oh, whoa, oh my god, that's the thing, oh, and that's how you know you found it. Okay. Yeah.
0: The brain is going to want to take over and analytically answer, like, why am I having this pain? How do you kind of quiet it or know the difference between your body talking to you and your your brain trying to analyze?
1: Um. Well, in in the example I just gave of like finding it, you are actually using your mind. Um, you're using your mind, you're still using your body as the compass and you're trying out different files or different ideas in the mind to to see whew, like where in the body is the actual knife. What is the actual knife that's being driven into my body? And so um, let's see.
0: That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. First of all, where can people find you?
1: Thank you for asking. Um you can find me and my whole organization at themindlight.com, M-I-N-D-L-I-G-H-T. Um, and you can reach out to us there. My email is Melanie at themindlight.com. So if you want to email me directly, you can do that. Uh, And I'll respond.
0: (laughs) Nice. And your programs are listed there? Do you have one coming out? Our programs
1: are listed. Yeah, we are. And we do. We offer practitioner training courses at least five times a year. Level one entry level courses. We do have one coming up. September 4th, it begins uh, human potential level one. That's the, how do I create allowing? How do I reduce all resistance to who I'm excited to become and how I'm excited to experience myself? Wow. That's an eight week course.
0: All online,
1: all online live 90 minutes a week with a mind light trainer. Brilliant. Uh, all of our trainers have at least seven years of experience. Um, Ooh, I
0: want to do that one
1: a good one. Sounds yummy. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay. And then in October, we have uh, trauma integration level one. And that's how do you resolve all the big ouchies. And you learn a lot of really safe, fantastic techniques for gently, safely approaching pain in ways that don't re traumatize. And all of this is done in your own body first is all level one. And it's mostly for facilitators. This is all for facilitators, oh, uh, in, and or aspiring facilitators. Got it. If you are just on a personal journey, yeah. um, book sessions. Got we it. have graduates, we have myself, my co-founders, available to book sessions. We don't have consumer-level courses yet. We've got a long game. Uh, and I think we'll start to offer those in a couple of years, maybe sooner, but right now we're really building out the Institute and the more graduates we have from the Institute, the more classes we can offer to the, at the consumer level. Um, but I will say that in the level one practitioner courses, 10% or maybe 8% of the student body are just personal development nerds. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. So y- you can actually take it. It is, it will speak to you as if you're becoming a practitioner and you could say, I just happen to not be one of those, you know, you could be an activist yet. or yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
0: it so happens when you heal yourself, you're like, who can I help? Totally. Like, you just, you can't resist it. Totally. Okay. Final question. I ask all my guests, if little six-year-old Melanie were sitting next to you right now, what would you say to her?
1: Gosh, this is the sweetest question. (laughs) I would hug her. I would probably (laughs) co-regulate. Of course. (laughs) As a trained. (laughs) Um, and let's see. I would tell her everything's possible. I'd maybe give her a few tricks. How to access herself more. Um, I would uh, help her know that the world is safe and good and that she's welcome and the world's a yes for her. Um, and I would tell her to, to go for it. Aww.
0: Are you listening, Charlie? Aww. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. How many weeks pregnant? Thanks. 25. Wow. How many more to go then? 15. <gasps> wow. <laughs> wow. So exciting. Next time we'll be back, we'll talk about motherhood.
1: Ooh.
0: Yep. Love it. <sighs> Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for doing what you do. You are light in this community and Aww. it's really valuable. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me mm-hmm. in this beautiful space and for this beautiful purpose. And I, I just love how alive you are and how much you do. So thank you. I wouldn't this message wouldn't be getting out if you weren't a channel.
0: Ah thank you. Oh. <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. I love you all. Mwah.